first listeners, welcome back to Throwing Shade. Alan, how is it going? Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem, as it should be. Things are good. We're excited to be diving back in and getting back into some serious shade action. What are we talking about today? We've been discussing demon appearance for a while. Yes. And I understand... We took a little break for for Shavuos. Right. For Shavuos, which was awesome. I hope everybody had as awesome a Shavuos as we did. And now we are coming back and we're talking about looking at Shadim again, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to do some more Shadim appearances stuff. Again, kind of a mix from a bunch of different places, but it's not unconnected. Uh, the places are not unconnected, that is. Of okay. course, it's all Torah. It's all connected. It's all one. It's all, I mean, but the oneness of it is just like, it's so one <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that was deep. Come okay. on. <laughs> Come right. on. You got to give me that one. You don't have to. That was bad. <laughs> yes. Okay, great. Wow. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, but it's connected to what we talked about before because this is more exceptions to the rules that we've already laid out in, previous, in the previous episodes. All right. That feels super Jewish to me. Let's dive into the exceptions to the rules. Okay. Go for it. So just a little bit of review. We talked about certain things that Shadim, uh, general rules, right? Mm-hmm. So things about sh- the way Shadim appear. Um, so, for example, the, one of the last things we learned is that humans cannot see Shadim. Right. Right. Uh, so we're going to start. And if, with, we go, if we could, it would freak us the hell out, as we learned like way early on in this uh, in this little podcast endeavor we've been doing. Yeah. Right. So mostly what we're going to talk about is the, that exception. And we did when we, humans do see demons. Correct. Like Ooh. we like in the very previous episode, we in the special for Shavuos, we did mention a case where uh, a person was able to see shading. Yes, indeed. So. Some exceptions. And it's going to start us off, actually, in, of all places, Masechus Gitin. Okay. Which is the... Um, the tractate of... Uh, a get is a writ of divorce. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and there's a great section there all about uh, Shadim in, in the middle of it. Um, mm-hmm. That feels... Towards the end, actually. Yeah. But um, there's a lot of really good stuff about Shadim in, in, in Gitin. Okay. This particular hmm. one... Um, uh, it brings us to Daf Samaches, page 68. Okay. Um, in Gitin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rabbi Yechanan. Rabbi Yechanan is speaking. He's talking about, um, this is again, part of a section with a bunch of stuff about Shadim all connected. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a certain place he goes, uh, where there are 300 different types of Shadim, but then he says, mm. he knows about this place. Yeah. But then he adds at the end. Vesheda atzma in mahi, but a sheda, a particular female shade. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I don't know. He's saying, "I know there's shading there, but I don't know what it is." Rabbi Yochanan in the Gemara is saying, "Like that. I don't know what a lady shade is, or I don't know this particular right." I'm glad female you pi- shade. I'm glad you picked up on that because the words vesheda atzma, yeah, uh, which is I'm translating as. The shade, uh, the female shade, it herself. Right. Right. But th- there's what does that exactly mean? That's what we're going to discuss. Right. That feels a little ambiguous. Right. Um, the first thing we do in this case, usually, is we go mm-hmm. to Rashi. Right. Okay. R- Rashi comes and says, "Lend us a hand, dear Rashi." What does he mean? He means he's specifically talking about demusa vativa. We're going to say for the time of 
for the time being, that it's generally speaking, female shadim. Rabbi Yechanan doesn't know what that is. Okay. What Rashi is saying, what, what he's talking about is he doesn't know what they look like and what's their nature. Okay. Rabbi Yechanan is saying that. All right. Okay. Who are these folks? What are they all about? What's their deal? What's their thing? Right. Yeah. But then Rashi can clarifies, V'yesh mm, there are those who are more specific. We're not talking about shady, uh, women, female shading generally. We're talking mm-hmm. specifically about the mother of shading. Ah. Right? Shada Atma. Yeah. That's, yeah, maybe that's, mm. that's Rashi's take on what Shada Atma is. The Shada herself. Right. Okay. I kind of buy that, I think, a little bit more in the language than the other. But um, curious to see where it goes. Well, both could both could follow, right? Like mm-hmm. the fact that the the Shada herself, we're talking about, according to Rashi, the form of a shade, the form and nature of a shade, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Okay, uh, a Shada, as the case may be. Yeah. Um, but there's more. The Yavitz, um, who's a commentator, mm-hmm. Yaakov Emden, mm-hmm. um, who uh, want to take it. <laughs> <laughs> who P- okay. up on the phone okay so it's reloading on <laughs> because <laughs> i didn't have it open because you didn't let me know this when this was gonna happen so yakov emden <laughs> was at the and not the exact moment that's okay i'm deeply resentful all right so um so he was born way at the end of the 17th century 1697 around hamburg area um lived to 1776 which is fascinating and irrelevant and um yeah his father was the uh, was another big guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, is All this right. helpful? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. That's, I just need like was, context, his father right? was known as the Chacham Tzvi, okay. who I think is a name that's maybe appeared in these airwaves or okay. not. I don't know. The point is, he's you know German Ashkenazi. Yeah. Late eighteenth uh, century. Basically. Yeah. Okay. Precisely. So, and he was a huge, very important commentator on all kinds of stuff, mm-hmm. including the Gemara. Yes. And right here in Gitin, he has a little interpretation. He he, he sort of builds on Rashi. Um, what does he? What does Rabbi Yochanan mean when he says V'sheda Atma I don't know what the Sheda what the Sheda herself is. Mm-hmm. He's according to the Yavitz, he's saying that Rabbi Yochanan loy ratza shedim. He said he just didn't want to see the shedim. Oh. So that he wouldn't be harmed. In other words. Oh, so they like blurred her face out of the paper. <laughs> or the, he, he just didn't want to see the shade. He didn't want to see the shade. You don't want to be harmed by any. And so uh-huh. what he's doing is linking the ability to see with being harmed, which you just brought up right. also in the, in the top of the episode. Right. Um, well, there is that whole saying, too, that the, you know, the, mind, the eyes can only see what the mind is prepared to comprehend kind of thing too so there i feel like maybe there's there's potential to say that there's some psychological blocking going on there okay is that i don't know keep going <laughs> I, I, yeah I, I, okay sure yes maybe okay. thank but, you for that <laughs> ringing endorsement <laughs> of my interpretation what else is yeah i just i don't know i'm not there? i'm not prepared <laughs> oh, i don't know <laughs> i see what you did there yeah okay um, but the Yavit yeah, continues, Vahid, yes. and he also continues. Um, there's a very interesting language here. Shegam Bismanoi Haisa Amsterdam. 
in his time, there was Haisa, there was a woman, presumably Haisa is the feminine, mm-hmm. Amsterdam, a woman from Amsterdam or in Amsterdam. Oh, right on. Right? Who would be able to and did show shading to people. Oh, okay. Cool in, his, in his time. Um, uh, yeah, uh, and uh, maybe that's actually a good place to pause um because there's more amsterdam is always a good place to pause nice i am totally down with that it's a wonderful city it's where we got engaged it is yeah that's another story all right let's pause for a minute so shade throwers when we last left off we were in the city of love and light amsterdam of course and uh, apparently there's some lady there who's all like hey i can show you shading Right. Mm-hmm. And it's implied that she's doing it for a nefarious purpose to mm. injure people. Um, mm. we, the the Ivitz brings this, uh, um, it, the, the source in, in the Gemara in Brachas, mm-hmm. uh, page six, that explains how if a person could see the shading, they would be harmed. Right, totally. So that's why she's doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is like a super back alley of the red light district kind of deal. I, okay. <laughs> I what um <laughs> so much going on there <laughs> anyway um I miss Amsterdam <laughs> yeah so go ahead um right we also have uh, a source when we talk about going back to those words Sheda Atzma mm-hmm. right? right so another another opinion uh, another uh support for that from the Ivits which which is um that um, we know from other places that in a certain place, specifically where Abaya was, the, the Amora Abaya, mm-hmm. um, that the the specific Sheda Agraspas Machlas, who is one of the oh, yeah. big ones, mm-hmm. um, and we mentioned her in previous episodes as well, mm-hmm. that she was able to be seen in that place mm-hmm. until Abaya came. When Abaya oh. came... He was his presence or his ability. I'm not sure which, uh, offhand at the moment, was able to make her not be seen anymore. And his light outshone her darkness. Sure, and therefore she was not able to harm anybody. Oh, by that's being nice. seen. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, uh, then another interesting thing related to all this is Rabbeinu Bechia. Okay. Um, he is a. Uh, uh, very important commentator as well. We're talking 11th century um, in mm-hmm. an Ar- one of the Arabic-speaking countries. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he, he brings something. Uh, when the Torah talks about a creature called a sitir, you know, I get this question a lot. You mm-hmm. know, where's the to- basis in the Torah for Shadim? There's a few. We already talked about mm-hmm. Azazel, we mentioned in the Torah. Right, right. But another one is the Seirim, who are mentioned a few times specifically in in Sefer Vayikra right so in Leviticus and Seir how does Seir usually get tra- get translated it's some kind of like goat thing yeah I think it's a goat sometimes um but uh also it has been translated as satyr s-a-t-y-r oh yeah which is a demon-like creature which mm-hmm. is sort of what I think is being, you know, these were these were these were creatures that were brought as sacrifices, mm. um, 
and they're, they're not unrelated to the Azazel stuff that goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but uh, yeah, and and um, if you do understand Seirim as Shadim, as many commentators do, including Rabbeinu Bechia, mm-hmm. um, the question is why are they called Shadim? I mean, why are they called Seirim? Sorry, why are these Shadim called Seirim? Seir mm-hmm. means hairy. Oh, right. Uh-huh. So a goat is a hairy creature. It is. <laughs> and that's maybe one of the reasons why it's thought of as a goat. That but seems far too easy. There must be more to it. Sure. So <laughs> says Rabbeinu Bechia um, that uh, when they are seen, they cover their bodies in hair. They like automatically they get covered in hair. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Um, what a neat trick. Um, and... Uh, I don't think when that would be useful. I'll come up with something. (laughs) Okay. Um, So, yeah. So, uh, then the Gemara and Brachas, again, this is a a page earlier on, page five, um, is is explaining more in depth this whole idea that if a person sees the Shadim, um, that's... Um, their their heart will explode from the fe- from the fear of seeing them. That's one way in which the, the seeing of the shadim can harm a person. That um, that, that seems fairly. Uh, that's a pretty extreme <laughs> way of a shade being able to harm a person. Right, but related to the shadim changing so that their hair, bodies become covered in hair. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a safer called Sefer Benayahu. Which is also commenting commenting on this Sheda Atzma language in Gitin, mm-hmm. explaining that um, the shade, every shade individually, has the ability to train transform into uh, at most three hundred different forms. Yeah. Hmm. So there's a there's a cap, I guess. I guess. I don't know. Um. Okay. Interesting. And but they're changing form for the sake of kind of protecting us from their presence. No, this is all. Is there altruism going on? No, 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 no. That seems highly unlikely. Yeah, no, that's not what's going on here. This is all like, no, definitely not. (laughs) No, no, no. Um, This is all uh, a part of the exceptions to the rule category. Right. So when we're talking Mm -hmm. about you can't see shading, well, maybe you can see them, but they'll be in a different form or their bodies will be covered in hair or mm. it will be, you know, brought on by a human who wants to harm you or it would be, you know, mm-hmm. that that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Or there's a human who can stop that from happening, like Abaya. Or there's Rabbi Yochanan who is avoiding seeing Shadim, possibly. Mm-hmm. Or shade, the female shade or whatever. Right. So. Yeah. We were just at the street fair a little while ago where one of (laughs) my promises is connected Mm -hmm. where one of the booths, one of the stalls was somebody selling like hides that you could, you know, display animal hides, animal hides (laughs) that you could display on your floor, you know, that you'd had no part in raising or hunting or killing or whatever it is. But they could they could decorate your your living room. So I'm sort of part of me is like picturing, you know, some zealous rabbi going out and uh, and like slaughtering a shade and having its uh having its hairy hide adorn the the living room is that not a thing that would happen 
Probably not. No, probably but I, not. I, I don't know. Hmm. There's been a lot of Jewish history. Right. So <laughs> there's been a lot of that. That yes, true. I true. Anything is possible in Hashem. So I don't know. But wow, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, it's so many, so many, so many votes of confidence today. Okay. Um, wow. Okay. So cool. Interesting stuff. I'm glad we got to take a little trip down memory lane to Amsterdam and learn a little bit about Harry Demons. This has been a good time. All right. Thanks, Alan. We got a pretty cool listener question in this week from Rachel, who asked us, um, the episode mentioning the social struggles between early Hasidim and Misnagdim, the people who were against the Hasidim, uh, the Hasidic movement when it first started uh, building steam, got me thinking of the Sabbateans and that whole ordeal. My question is, were Shadim ever discussed as having connections or influence with Shabbatai Tzvi or any false messiah, really? Um, so first of all, Rachel, awesome. Um, you are amazing. Thank you for the question. And um, so, Alan, I feel like we need a tad bit of context. And then mm. let's dive into this very interesting query. Okay. Uh, yes. Excellent question, Rachel. Thank you very much for that. It was um, really got me thinking. Mm-hmm. And the context I will give is very brief. Um, traditionally, by which I mean in general, Jewish people do not believe the, mes- the Messiah has come yet. Mm-hmm. And so there have been many, many historical attempts at trying to figure out who the Messiah might have been. That- Everybody's like, wouldn't it be great if like there were a Messiah? <laughs> and but- then every once in a while we're like, how about this guy? <laughs> kind of. Yeah, it's it's a lot of excitement still, you know, thousands of years, you know, um, into it. <laughs> um, we're mm-hmm. still we're we're all still really excited for for Mashiach, for Messiah to be here. Some people get so excited that they think, like you said, let's just pick a guy or something, you know, mm-hmm. um, or this guy looks like it could right. be it or whatever. There's a tad more to it than that. I'm being a bit glib. I feel as though trying my, to be brief. Our <laughs> listeners will forgive me. Um, so who is, in who the, is Shabbatai Tzvi right. then? In, in the 17th century, there was one of those. His name was Shabbatai Tzvi. Mm-hmm. Interesting that we already talked about Amsterdam already. Yeah. Because Shabbatai Tzvi was one of, if not probably the most successful uh, you know, asterisk um, attempts at being mm-hmm. at, at being the Jewish Messiah because um, he was able to convince almost the entire Jewish world, uh, the, every Jewish community in the world, basically was convinced until finally it was clear that he wasn't the Messiah, um, except for the Amsterdam community. It was the only mm. only real holdout. Um, hmm. didn't didn't follow along, didn't uh, mm-hmm. um, didn't buy it, mm-hmm. and they they turned out to be right. Um, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Only time will tell. No, yeah, no, no. We, no, we we're know. Pretty sure about that. Okay, great. Um, um, but it ended up being really damaging for a lot of reasons. Oh, enormously so. Yeah. yeah um, including, by the way, I, I, Rachel even brought up the connection to the mystical Hasidic movement and the Misnagdim who were against it for so long, the, the Jewish mystics had to be underground because of Shabtai Tzvi. Mm. Um, yeah, it sort of tainted the perception of the whole movement. Right. Regardless of whether people were 
followers of his or not. Correct. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, okay. That said, I do have to be careful how I answer this question because mm-hmm. it was phrased in such a way as to say, what was it? What was it exactly? It was um, my question is: Were shady false ma- messiahs? Right. Were shady ever discussed as having connections or influence with Shabbatai Tzvi or any false false Mashiach, false, false messiah? Really? Right. So the reason I have to be careful is because um, we do not believe that Jesus is the Messiah, mm-hmm. and um, have been accused in the past of mm-hmm. using shadim and other sort of Jewish magic things. Um, another big asterisk um, right. for uh, having caused the death of Jesus. Oh. And as well as attacks on Muhammad and as well as attacks on other quote unquote false messiahs or whatever. Yeah. Um, um, you know, uh, th- that, that sort of thing. And, um, don't so, worry, Alan, this isn't going to make for any awkward discussions on Twitter <laughs> at all, at all. <laughs> well, I'm, ju- I'm, I'm just bringing it up because, um, Shabtai Tzvi is a, an exception mm-hmm. in that, you know, the, to my knowledge, he didn't start a new religion. Mm-hmm. There were there were mm-hmm. other sects um, that I believe are now all defunct. Although um, if I'm wrong, you know maybe I'll there'll be somebody on Twitter. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but uh, but uh, there 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 was Shabtai Tzvi. There was uh, Jacob Frank. There mm-hmm. were uh, around that time. Also interesting that we already talked talked about Yaakov Emden, Emden because he was sort of a big uh, a big leader of the Jewish community shortly after. In, in the aftermath of Shabtai Tzvi and all that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, uh, Rachel did kind of stump me when it comes directly to um, when it comes directly to Shabtai Tzvi. I don't know Ooh, if ten there points, were any, Rachel. Right, I don't know if there were anything specifically about Shadim and Shabtai Tzvi, mm. and I don't even know where I would begin to look for that sort of thing because okay. a lot of Jewish history after Shabtai Tzvi has been. Work it, working to forget that 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 part, mm-hmm. um, and so um, yeah, I hear that right. Mm-hmm. Um, um, mm. um, right. So um, so uh, that that for the Shabtai Tzvi part, I, I don't really, unfortunately, have much to say. But for the mm-hmm. other false messiahs, Jews were falsely, importantly, to say falsely accused of using shadim, um, and uh, and and likewise. Christians were um, uh, accused as well of similar things. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, se- it seems it, it seems fairly logical that when there's that kind of messianic fervor, when there are rifts in communities, when there's unexplainable events in in different ways, that at least at these you know at these various times in history, that somebody's going to bring in the shading, right? Somebody's going to kind of bring in this idea of, in, you know, sort of invoking a dark side or magic or whatever it might be. So there's got to be some scholarship on there somewhere. Maybe we can do some, a little extra digging, or maybe our listeners can, can dive yeah, in. Leave it, leave it for the listeners. Leave it to <laughs> I, the listeners. I got enough to do. And <laughs> um Amazing. Well, that I mean, it's it's a really fascinating question. It's a whole every single time something like that happens and there's this um, bubbling up in the community, there's factions and splitting and infighting and all kinds of things like that. It's really fascinating and makes for 
a lot of interesting reading. So I encourage our listeners to go dig into the history of Shabbat Tzvi, um, learn a little bit more about the the rise of Hasidism and the you know and its opponents, um, and let us know what you find. Um, and as you as you dig in, as you do more learning, uh, shoot us a question if you happen to think of. Consider the shading along the way, and we'll be happy to address it in another in another episode. But Rachel, thank you so much for your awesome question. Yeah. Um, thank and, you. Uh, yeah, really appreciate your uh, your sending that in and digging into these big ideas with us. Hey, so I get to introduce this last segment. Ooh. Um, I it's I have to clarify something I said earlier that that. Um, uh, Rabbi Nebechia was from the Arabic-speaking countries. He wrote in Arabic, but he was actually from what's now Spain. Mm. So I want to just clarify all that. Okay. Um, it's None a, of us can ever trust you again, Alan. That's the end gee. of it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Thank you. Appreciate the clarification. Um, and so, Shade Throwers, we are coming to the end of our time, which means we'll do a quick action item, and we'll let you all get back to whatever important thing you're doing. Um <laughs> and um, dishes, laundry, biking to work, whatever it might be. Learning Torah Um, is important. Learning Torah. Well, the thing about podcasting is that you can multitask. So everyone who's listening to this podcast is doing something else too, right? I mean... Hi, everybody. I hope whatever you're doing is going well. Is opening up the Gemaras, is opening up the Rebbeinu Bechias and the Yivitzes, and they're all looking through the And opening up their minds, which is exactly the segue into the thing I was going to say. Okay, so earlier in the episode, we mentioned this, I I sort of offhandedly mentioned this quote, which is attributed to Robertson Davies. That's basically um, the the eye can only see what the mind is prepared to comprehend, Hmm. Um, which is essentially this, it, it turns this idea of seeing is believing on its head, that it's actually believing is seeing. Mm-hmm. That the, you know, the the preconceptions, the mental models that we carry around, the ideas that we have in our head is actually what allows us to see di- different things. Which reminded me of another quote, bear with me here, from the amazing Alice in Wonderland, or really Through the Looking Glass, in which Alice is having this conversation with the Red Queen. And um, she, Alice asserts in her uppity little British girl way, um, one can't believe impossible things. And the queen replies, I dare say you haven't had much practice, said the queen. When I was your age, I always did it for half an hour a day. Why, sometimes I believed as many as six impossible things before breakfast. Which oh. is just, like, gorgeous, right? Is that a delicious phrase, six impossible things before breakfast? I kind of want to, like, open a restaurant and just call it six impossible things. Hmm. Um, anyway, so it's, I think, first of all, it's just an interesting sort of mind trip to think about that, that... It's not seeing is believing, it's believing is seeing. And so what happens when we play with or practice believing things that are out of our realm of experience or, you know, a step to the left from what we would normally assume is true? And what do we see then when we start playing with those different beliefs? And I think it's an interesting exercise to test out empathy. I think it's an interesting exercise to test out ideas of faith or the things that we think are impossible. Um, And I would just encourage us to push our boundaries a little bit and think about what it means to test our limits and um, believe something in order to see it. 
and see what happens. Yeah, I think that's good. In light of the false messiah the, <laughs> our, our, the thing that we were just talking about, though. Are you worried that I'm encouraging our <laughs> listeners to follow <laughs> a yet another false messiah that's trying to lead us all astray? But that here, a perfect illustration. Of, I'm advocating doing this with a little bit of self-awareness, right? Okay. Not Don't get caught up in some cultish nonsense and <laughs> <laughs> and go off and, yeah. Or or do it. I don't know. Whatever. You do you. <laughs> it's kind of late and I'm tired. Yeah. I, I, Thanks, everybody, for spending time with us. <laughs> no, I can't do, I can't let you end on that. Really? Yeah. Because okay. the Tyra is a mess. Yeah. This is where I'm coming from right now. Mm-hmm. So the way to... I, I'm with you 100% that we have to push ourselves. You know, you talk about... Uh, half an hour a day of leaving impossible things and six stuff. of them yes Rabbi Nachman talks about doing for an hour a day it's his boy to do at oh. least you know and so um, and so I'm, I'm right there with you it's just that you have to do it I didn't the... know Lewis Carroll was a breast lover <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't go that far but <laughs> <It's> amazing um, <laughs> let's all pretend we believe that for a little bit and see what happens <laughs> Exactly. This is what I'm saying. It's yeah. got to be within the context of Tara. And I think if you are, Tara's MS, right? So if mm-hmm. you're doing, if you're all in that, then I'm 100% with you, you know. Yeah. But you have to have, like you said, self-awareness and, and a das of, of, of Tara and of Hashem. Knowledge. And, mm-hmm. Right. Awareness, really. And and of Hashem and, and Hashem's, uh, you know. Um, Oh, for sure. Not willy nilly with a little bit of mindfulness as an experiment, as an Correct. opportunity to um, push yourself out of your comfort zone to grow and to, you know, develop a sense of empathy and to to test out different matters of faith is really what I'm looking for. Not like I believe that Arby's is actually really great. And let's see what happens. <laughs> like none of that nonsense. OK. Yeah. All right. Amazing. All right. <laughs> So, um, awesome. Shade throwers, you are fabulous. You matter. The world needs you. Thank you for spending a little bit of time with us today. Um, We will catch you next time on another edition of Throwing Shade, Better Living Through Jewish Demonology. See y'all later.